0: Feeling fear and anxiety is okay, but I would even offer you the space to ask yourself, what is it that you're really fearful of and what is giving you anxiety? And that's where you need to start your work from. And I would even say that, Me even saying these words that we're not going back to normal is triggering a lot of people. And I would ask you why that's triggering you. Like, What about before all of this happened made you feel safe and made you feel secure? Because those are the very things that might need to be dismantled and rebirthed and reformed. Welcome back to NYC Local Guide's. I am your
1: host, Jennifer O'Brien, and I interview New Yorkers from creatives to CEOs and everyone in between. For more NYC resources like ebooks and videos, visit nyclocalguides.com. If you've ever wondered what it takes to be a New Yorker or just want to hear some crazy stories, keep listening. This is a Brooklyn bound two express train. The next stop is. Laura Chung is a New York based spiritual healer motivational speaker reiki master kundalini yoga teacher and podcaster Her show is called awaken and align the list goes on She has a master's in industrial and organizational psychology and worked for six years in finance to get that tribeca apartment before quitting her job in 2017 to travel nomadically She's back in New York and helps guide others through their awakening healing and transformation. Welcome to the podcast
0: Wow. Thank you. What an introduction. <laughs> oh, yay. I'm so glad you like it. Yeah. Love so it. first, I'd love to ask,
1: what does Kumi Dreams mean?
0: Kumi Dreams. Well, I was rebranding my brand about 2018, maybe, or 2019. Now I, I don't remember. It was Miss Buttercup at first from my past life. Yes. Um, you started and, a catering company, right? Yeah. I had a a small stint in entrepreneurship in 2011 to 2013. And it was called Miss Buttercup Bakes. So my Instagram handle was Miss Buttercup underscore NYC. And I had a food blog as well. I rated restaurants and I created recipes and I had a catering company and I thought that's what I wanted to do. And then once I got into traveling and really trying to establish myself in a different way. I was looking for all these names. And at the time, as you probably remember, travel blogging and Instagramming was a huge thing. And every Mm -hmm. iteration of every travel name was taken. So I decided to go back to my roots, which is of Korean heritage. And my Korean name is Kumi. And I just added the dreams because I believe that we should all live out our dreams. So, Kumi dreams.
1: I love that. I feel like it also has a spiritual element to it before you were as spiritual as you are today.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: Amazing. And so, tell me a little bit more, going back to your New York story and things like that. Do you consider yourself a New Yorker?
0: Of course I do. It's pretty much my, I don't even know, it's like part of my identity. I don't even know what to call myself Besides a New Yorker, I was born in Flushing, Queens, grew up in the city until I was six. And then my parents moved us out to the suburbs just outside New York City. I went to college in the Bronx. I lived in New York City for 10 years. And I had short stints living in California and Spain. But New York is pretty much, it's like where I'm from, who I am. It's part of my identity. So yeah, Amazing, I'm so glad. And so how do you define
1: a New Yorker?
0: So every New Yorker who is born and raised in New York will tell you that you have to be born and raised to be a New Yorker, but I've heard as well that if you're a transplant and you've lived in New York City for 10 years, then that you're automatically inducted into being a New Yorker. But I think it's more of the energy of the person. New York, if you've ever lived in New York, The saying is 100% true. It will break you down. It will make you question every decision you've ever made. If you make it in New York, you'll make it anywhere. And it's so true. So it's more of a mentality and a spirit, I would say.
1: Oh, I love that so much. You've hit on so many themes that that this podcast is all about that you're so right. Some people think you have to be born and raised here. Some people think, well, we'll give it to you after 10 years. But I agree. It's, It's so much more about the energy. And so can you tell me a little bit more about that? Like, what is the energy that you feel here compared to you've traveled all over energies you feel in other cities? What makes New York City so special?
0: So New York City to me is a city of dreams. That's why I love that dreams is part of my branding too, because everywhere I've ever gone in the world, you'll never meet any kind of person that compares to a New Yorker. A New Yorker at the spirit of this person is a dreamer. And whenever somebody moves to New York City from a different place, the reason why they go there is Sorry to say, but not to find love, not to grow family, but it's really to grow their dreams. It's the hub of every industry, finance, fashion, restaurants, food. You come here to make your dreams a reality, and it's, I think, the place of manifestation there's so many people here to help you also uh, with creating your dream that I haven't found that same spirit anywhere else. And I've lived in Southern California. And not to say that you can't make your dreams happen there either, but it's almost like the energy here is at a thousand percent level. <laughs> I, I think you know what yes, I mean. Yes, everyone is on their A game. Everyone is hustling and Hustling definitely has two sides. It could be, you know, the shadow side where people are just like breaking themselves down and burning out. Or it could be of the spirit of, I want to help somebody. I want to make my dreams come true. I want to make impact in this world. So yeah, I think it's a place to make your dreams come true.
1: Wonderful. And tell me more about your journey, you know, your early years in New York City and and building up your career in finance. What attracted you to New York City? Did you have any like crazy moments and stories and apartment stories in New York City in the beginning?
0: I have so many. Where do we yay? Oh, my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Well, my dad growing up, my dad was a taxi cab driver. So I have many, many memories of when my dad used to take my sister and I into the city every Saturday in his cab while he would work. And he would drop us off at the Metropolitan Museum of Art because my sister and I were super into art and I wanted to be an artist. That was my dream. And I remember him driving over, over the George Washington Bridge and you could see the skyline from the bridge and he would drive us around the Upper East Side and Upper West Side. And I would just, I just knew that I would move into the city and, this would be my life. Like, it just was this gut instinct. And so I went to Manhattan College, which used to be in Manhattan, but it moved to Riverdale in the Bronx. Mm -hmm. And every chance I would get, I would take the subway, the one train, to Manhattan and just like roam around and explore. And, you know, when I was in high school, I would come into the city every now and then too, but it just that freedom in college of going whenever I wanted to was just so different. And then after I came back from San Diego, where I got my grad school, um, where I got my master's degree, I moved into the city. And I had a different experience than most people, because I moved in with my boyfriend at the time. And let's just say he was a little more financially stable than the average (laughs) 30-year-old. My apartment actually looked over Central Park, and it was a very, very nice situation. I never struggled per se. I never had horror stories until I moved to the West Village. That was my first apartment by myself as a single lady. And that apartment was old. It was run down. I had many, many stories of battles with my landlord, and I think that was the first time I realized, wow, like, living in New York City on your own in this dream, quote-unquote, of that West Village apartment, like that Carrie Bradshaw dream, right, Yeah, Um, is actually not as wonderful as they painted out to be.
1: (laughs) It's not, no. She could not have afforded that apartment. Let's be real.
0: (laughs) No. No. Yeah. So... This was probably the same time where I realized, like, I didn't want to stay at my job in finance. So that following year, I moved into a Tribeca apartment with two of two roommates. And it was still like a beautiful apartment. So I can't say that I ever had a really bad apartment experience. I've had really, really nice apartments. I'm so happy for you. uh, So happy. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) I hope that answered your question. Yeah, no, that does. And I think that everyone has such different experiences of New York. And what a uh, beautiful journey from like having, you know, a view of Central Park to the West Village and everything. And I think, you know, it's totally what you make of it. And so you had these awesome apartments. You had this very different finance job career. And then what transitioned you? What made you feel like, okay, I have this dream Tribeca apartment. What made you leave all of
0: that? Yeah. So if it's okay, I want to step take a little step back. When I yeah. came back to New York, it was 2007. That was like the beginning of the financial crisis. So I wanted to be a psychologist that helped organizations motivate their employees, but I couldn't find a job at that time. So I don't know how, like through a series of synchronicities or whatever the universe had planned for me, I ended up at this private equity firm. And this was the first time that I was making a year and for some of you that is like really little but just imagine this was 2007 and I had never made any money ever and I was getting a 401k full health benefits so I was like yeah I'm rich (laughs) so I went through that whole process and And then I had my two years of entrepreneurship. And then I went back to private equity in 2013. And then I was making even more money. And I was making six figures. And it was like the stability that I always craved in that way. But then once you attain a certain level of stability, you get kind of bored. And I don't know if anybody has ever felt this way. But certainly for me, I was in my early 30s. And I checked off all the boxes of quote success. I had a nice apartment. I had all of the material things. Like I had the red bottom shoes. I was traveling all over the world in like luxury style, traveling business class. And I just wasn't feeling that feeling that you're supposed to feel when you've achieved all those things. And so I was in kind of like blah in my life. And I realized if I don't make a change now when I have, you know, like I don't have family, I don't have a mortgage, then when am I ever going to make this change of really finding what it is that truly, truly lights me up? So when I was living in that West Village apartment, I made like that move to have roommates to cut down on my rent. Anybody who's lived in New York City knows that your rent is basically your entire salary. (laughs) I was spending half of my salary on my rent and I realized like that was the thing that needed to be cut down. So I just made small changes in my life to become nomadic because I knew ultimately that that would give me the freedom to really truly find myself and what I really wanted to do.
1: I love that so much, and I appreciate your openness and and you know sharing your story because I think a lot of people go through those feelings and and they might either fight it or not know what to do, but I love that you you recognize that you know your pay and it it always is that way. It's a huge portion of your salary. I remember my first apartment moving to the city, like looking at those stats in the articles that said, oh, you should only pay. I think it's like thirty percent of your salary towards rent, and and me and my roommate looked at each other, we're like, we can't. There's no apartment for that that <laughs>
0: rent. Price. <laughs> I know, like, unless you're commuting an hour on the subway somewhere yes. you know, far away. Yeah,
1: yeah, and even then, there's just so many things that prevent. So I think in our, our first jobs, it was like 50, almost 80% of our salary mm-hmm. automatically went to rent. And it was a stressful, crazy time where you you feel like you can't save. And there's a lot of different elements in that and like, so I really appreciate your honesty with all of that. And then realizing, okay, then let me take it all the and go nomadic. I love that that sort of like helps you choose that, that path.
0: Yeah. And I, I wish more people were honest about what it really takes to live in the city because you see on Instagram and I think people are being more upfront about it, but people with these amazing apartments and, you know, goals and, but it actually is so much more money than you think. And to to actually upkeep that lifestyle is a lot more than people are upfront about. I totally agree. I recently did
1: a, a, a mini tour of my apartment on uh, YouTube and I, you know, felt super self-conscious sharing it. I also felt like, oh my God, this is so expensive, all these things. But then, you know, had to take a step back and I like included a huge intro of like, this is not my first New York City apartment. This is like my number sixth apartment. And it took a lot to build up to this. And it's still not even very expensive compared to so many because I still have two roommates. And I still like it It makes sense yeah. for me where I am at my current time. But yeah, it definitely like depends on where you are, what your career is and what you want to compromise on. What are your priorities for an apartment?
0: But also so, the lifestyle in New York City is so different than anywhere else. Like we don't spend that much time at home. Like, even when I had my own apartment in the West Village, I was never home. I was always out and about. I was always traveling. So the lifestyle in New York City is just not one where it's not like other cities where you spend a lot of time in your home. It's more of a socializing city. Wouldn't you agree?
1: A hundred percent, which is why I've purposefully chosen two apartments out of my six apartments in my journey that were tiny, like just four walls around a bed, no windows, like barely a closet, like a fake closet. And I purposely chose them because you oftentimes choose an apartment as a place to sleep, not a place to live in New York, which is really challenging at a time like now. And maybe we can transition into talking about that is that, you know, this, unfortunately, this pandemic is is really hitting New York hard in a lot of different ways, because it is the epicenter here. But it's also also because it impacts so many people that are in such small apartments. So I'd love to hear sort of your thoughts on, I guess, let's go back to the very beginning of When you first heard about this pandemic, what were your thoughts? And a few months later into New York's lockdown, what are your thoughts on everything?
0: Sure. Well, right before this happened, I was going into the city pretty much every day. So right now I'm sheltering in place at my parents' house just outside the city in the lower Hudson Valley. And I was actually looking for places to stay in New York City, maybe even apartments to move back to the city. And when all of this started happening, I was like, okay, well, I have to stay somewhere. So I'll stay with my parents. And at first it really freaked me out because I haven't lived with my parents since I was 18 years old, since I moved away for college. So that's 20 years ago. And my sister just had moved back from California, from LA back to New York. And she was sheltering a place here too. And she still is. So the four of us Are living together again after 20 years of not living together and it's been such a healing and triggering experience for the last two months and it's made me realize so many things that I probably wouldn't have realized if this didn't happen so grateful for this moment and when I say triggering it's been I mean just imagine living with your family again as adults it's been so oh it's tested my patience it's made me go back to my inner child and i'm sleeping in the room that i grew up in so it's brought me back so many memories and the laura that had all of these dreams growing up and revisiting those dreams and now being here in nature and waking up every day looking at the trees as much as I love New York city and it's made me who I am today, it's made me question whether I want to go back there. So it's definitely, and I don't have answers to any of these questions, but it's just brought up questions that I probably wouldn't have brought up if I had been moving around so much, you know, and New York city is a very high, high paced place and everyone is moving so fast. And, and I hope people have taken this time to really sit and just slow down and ask themselves, how do you want to live your life in the future? Because clearly how we've been living our life prior to this wasn't serving us. I quit my job in 2017, mostly because I was burnt out and I was just so out of sorts with myself. So I hope that this opportunity is giving people that moment of pause.
1: Absolutely no. I think this is such a, an important time in a lot of our lives to really take it slow, especially as New Yorkers, where you're so right. We're used to the constant busyness and things like that. And I'm I'm so glad that you're surrounded by nature and you're, you know, you're reconnecting with your family. What a like what a wonderful um, you know thing that's happening for you right now to connect and and really slow down and all of us to slow down. You talk a lot about uh, raising vibrations. Can you tell us a little bit mm-hmm. more? for the people who are unfamiliar with those terms, how it is more important than ever during this pandemic to raise one's vibrations.
0: Yeah, so I work with energy and energy is something that you can't see, but it's something you feel. And everybody is really focused on the physical reality, like physical things. And we are more than physical things. We are more than this physical reality. We're energetic beings. And I think getting people... Understand that is my biggest goal, first of all. And being high vibrational means that, well, it's so multi-layered, right? Like you have to really feel. And for so long, living in New York City, all of my addictions were were almost like praised, right? Like the workaholism, the drinking, like going out every night and drinking and go 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 and being masculine and active and do 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 achieve 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 make a lot of money like those things are very much the like the energy of New York City which we're all praised so being very active and being very go 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 hustle hustle i think it wasn't allowing me to actually feel what i was really feeling and I went through a lot of crazy things in my life and I wasn't giving myself the time and the space to actually feel and grieve and be sad. I would just kind of brush all those emotions over. And and I think what a lot of people in New York City right now especially are doing is grieving because we're the most hit city and we can't just glaze over the fact that so many people are passing away and It really brings me back to 9-11 and how that really traumatized a lot of New Yorkers. And we didn't go through that grieving process. It was like, okay, let's get back at them and pointing fingers and blaming people. And we didn't give ourselves the time to really heal as a city, as a nation. And I think being high vibrational means first to feel, allow yourself to feel these emotions, allow yourself to feel sadness and anger and really tap into why we haven't allowed ourselves to move through those emotions and then go through the healing process and allow yourself to to hug that little inner child of yours and to, you know, maybe reach out to that family member who might have hurt you or didn't see you. Go through that grief that you went through from all of those breakups that you just like push through, you know, I I certainly did that I went through lots of breakups that I just went to the next relationship. And then it is really elevating your energy in a way where you can go through these times of uncertainty, you can go through pandemics, and you can go through financial crises and without being reactionary. So being high vibrational to me means Being able to hold your energy, first of all, having a high immune system, and also having the emotional and mental and psychological stability to be creative in these moments where a lot of people I see are kind of vibrating at a low frequency where they're like blaming other people, they're freaking out about their finances, they're blaming the economy and looking for their stimulus check. But people who are high vibrational can say, let me pivot my business, let me go deep within myself to, to do like deep healing. So it's so multifaceted. And I try to convey that in all of my platforms. So thank you so much for allowing me to actually explain what that means.
1: Absolutely no. I love hearing you talk about it and I love how you also interpret it in a way that I think a lot of is is more accessible to a lot of people. So even, you know, do TikTok videos about pivoting like did a full 180. <laughs> like I love it. <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's accessible it like makes sense and it explains how you pivot in a spiritual way but within something that everyone understands which is a silly song that i can't believe i just sang <laughs> but you also um, dance and you get up there and you're not you're not afraid to be quote unquote embarrassed or whatever <laughs> to yeah no i i appreciate that and that's so wonderful and i think that that's part of it all is to just be vulnerable. And I totally commend you for all that you do in doing that.
0: Thank you. Well, I mean, I'm a kundalini yoga teacher. And in each of us, we have this kundalini energy, which is the life force energy. It's creative energy. And it's all in us that most people are not tapping into. They're just vibrating from their lower chakras, which is fear, anger, doubt, limiting beliefs, And so when you're vibrating at that level, yeah, you're going to be scared and you're going to start hoarding toilet paper and (laughs) acting all crazy. But when you can actually transmute that energy and make that energy flow within you, then you can tap into that creative force and kind of like what you've done with your platform. I mean, I love how you've pivoted with the Travel Women and with this podcast That is what I'm talking about, is that like energy is being, because energy can't be created nor destroyed. You just have to transmute, transform that energy.
1: Thank you. No, I agree. And I think that those are words that we hear so much right now of anxiety and fear and trying to navigate that at this current uncertain time, So a lot of people ask me, you know, when will New York go back to normal? But I want to ask you, will things ever be, quote unquote, normal?
0: Like, again, I don't think so. I don't think and I don't want it to go back to normal. And Agreed. that's going to be really hard for people to hear. And first of all, let me just say feeling fear and anxiety is OK. But I would even offer you the space to ask yourself, what is it that you're really fearful of? And what is giving you anxiety? And that's where you need to start your work from. And I would even say that me even saying these words that we're not going back to normal is triggering a lot of people. And I would ask you why that's triggering you. Like what about before all this happened, made you feel safe and made you feel secure? Because those are the very things that might need to be dismantled and rebirth and reformed. And what's happening now is this time this year has been prophesized for thousands and thousands of years. And if you don't believe me, you can look it up, you can research it. It's been prophesized by the Mayans, by astrologers, by sages, by yogis. This particular year is the catalyst for a bigger shift that's happening in the next few years that is the new earth that we're all building up to. And what I mean by that is before we were in the Piscean age, which was all about following a government, following a leader, following a priest, following a guru, following this one figure, which in our history has been, um, you know, a white facing male and has been very patriarchal, right? And now we're moving into the Aquarian ages, which is all about humanity, which is all about technology, which is all about, you know, the, the collective, all of us. It's not all about just one figurehead. And what I hope to happen, which I know will happen because I'm an eternal optimist is that we move away from fear and mm-hmm. acting out of fear to this place of love. And what I mean by that is, We're not doing things based on fear. So I'm not going to get this job. I'm not going to apply for this job because I'm afraid to not have enough money. I'm going to put this post on Instagram because I need that validation. I need that dopamine hit of all these likes and followers. But you move away from that to love. I'm going to do this thing, this job, this creative project, I'm going to start a podcast, I'm going to start a YouTube YouTube channel, because I genuinely feel so aligned to sharing what I have to say and my creative gifts with the world. I'm going to post this thing on Instagram, or TikTok or Facebook, because I genuinely want to share love and inspiration and motivation with people. So that is the shift that we're going towards. And it's so much deeper than what I'm explaining right now, but just to give you you and your audience an idea mm-hmm. of we are not going back to where we were. We cannot go back to where we were because that was at such a low vibrational state that if you study astrology and if you study energy, we are elevating our consciousness collectively That like, if you're not shifting with the times, then you're going to be left behind. And I don't say that with, with fear, and I don't want to scare you. But I do want to say this to prepare people for what's to come.
1: I appreciate that in that perspective. I think that you're so right that it's not going to go back to normal, but that is a good thing. And I do feel like, unfortunately, you know, we all got into a routine, especially as New Yorkers of, okay, I'm going to swipe my metric card, take this train, do this, go to that lunch place, go to that dinner place. And we, we had a routine. And I think that at first it's scary for me even to like, you know, it be changing my routine, but I do feel like this, you know, we're... Drastically changing our routines right now to figure out, and the biggest lesson of it all is to make sure that we like the path that we're on. We're questioning what we want to change in the future. and, And when we do return to some sort of quote unquote normalcy, we make sure that it's what we want and we get to choose what that is.
0: Yeah. And what I was saying too, that it has to benefit the collective and the earth. The biggest reason why... So I met Jen went at um, a traveling conference, I yes. think. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think and I think I, it was one of the travel conferences, yeah. Yeah, and that was the time when I really wanted to be a travel writer and a photographer, but I just saw how the travel industry and this whole influx of influencers were damaging, and I, yes. I include myself in that as well. I'm not yes. like all high and mighty here. I just saw the detriment it was doing to the planet and this consumption of taking, taking, taking and the pollution and how we weren't giving back to these small communities that we were traveling to. And that whole industry needs to change too. And I don't know how that's going to look like, but we really have to first heal ourselves. And when we heal ourselves, we heal our communities, our families, and ultimately Mother Earth because- What we've been doing to her is so horrific, and this pause has given her time to heal. I don't know how you feel about the travel industry. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. yeah.
1: So even you had a post that you said you were supposed to be traveling to Mexico recently, for example, and yeah. you you mentioned like you have to surrender the trust to the divine plan and just accept that, you know, that wasn't meant to be at that time. So it's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, too, with travel is that I haven't been traveling as much as I used to. I used to travel constantly and also got totally burnt out from it because it was too much and it was not sustainable for myself or for the environment. I felt like... I have never really been the kind of person who likes to count countries. I never understood that that just feels like very wasteful and and show-offy. I think that I'd much rather, you know, go back to the same places, connect with the same people, make sure that when I do travel I'm doing it consciously for A specific reason that I am fully aware of that place. I'm giving back to that place. I'm not just, you know, going and taking and and taking tours that might hurt people or animals or things like that that you don't even realize. So, yeah, I think that I love, you know, taking tours with locals and and learning about the place and the history while I am traveling. So, I do feel like There are ways to do it more sustainably, but it's crazy to see how the world has stopped traveling for two months and we've already seen wonderful positive impacts on the environment has really made me question even, you know, traveling even slower. So uh, it's, it's so great to see the good impacts of not traveling. And it does make me, you know, really think that like, The reason I loved traveling to begin with was about the people, was about the connections, was about learning the history. So right now, for me, I'm just trying to find how can I learn that and connect with people virtually. And, you know, I'm just so glad and grateful for being able to do that on social and things like that.
0: Yeah. And oh, my God, you just hit all the points because the reason why I got into traveling in the first place was almost like my own personal world school. Yes. Um, it was my way of discovering myself through other cultures. And I think also going back to living in New York City, you can find all different cultures in New York City. And you could you can go to Queens, and I think there's one town in Queens that is the most diverse town in the whole entire world. I think it's Elmhurst, Queens. I might be wrong. But yes. you can literally travel to another country in New York City. That's what's so cool yeah. about it.
1: I think there's 800 l- languages spoken in Queens. Like there's more languages spoken in Queens than yeah. any other place, which is insane. It's not yes, even a, it's totally. not even It's just it's insane. Oh oh my gosh, I love it. You know, I love how we both share this love of travel, but sort of evolution as we're slightly changing paths to still appreciate the good parts of travel, but even wherever we are, like here in New York.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean, by I don't want things to go back to normal. I don't want the travel industry to go back to what we were all doing before back to intention. It's yes, why exactly. are you traveling? Why are you posting? Why are you doing whatever you're doing? Because when you do anything, it's how you do everything.
1: Yes, 100%. And I think that let's talk a little bit more about the posting. And I think as influencers, I've totally, you know, teetered on the toxic negative areas of, you know, friendships that I thought were closer and they were very toxic and influencer based where people are be, can be very selfish. What are your thoughts on especially in spirituality, being an influencer in the spiritual world, how do you balance this world of usually influencers are associated with like me, 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 but also like giving back to other people?
0: Yeah. So when you really work with energy and your own energy, you can feel somebody's energy even before they open their mouth. And it's such a cool superpower to have when you're in tune with that. So whenever I meet somebody and I can feel their vibe. I could hear what the words that they're saying. So everything in lo- in everything has a specific frequency. Every, every word a person says, you can feel how that lands on you. So whenever I talk to somebody and I get a feel of what they're saying, I can actually tell if they're being genuine or not. And you can too. Everyone has yeah. this power. That's how intuitive we are. And When you hear yogis and spiritual people saying like, we're all one, we're all connected. We really are all connected at a quantum cellular biological level that you can literally feel how a person feels. And I think a lot of people block that by their own ego, by, I don't know, being maybe influenced by how many followers they have or whoever they know or what you will get out of that relationship. And how how I handle that is, first of all, I always check in with myself. Like, is my ego like out of control? Then I literally don't look at social media. I don't do anything. I just like work on my own self. And then once I got that in check, I'll, you know, when I meet somebody or I see someone's Instagram and I like the vibe, I like what they're doing. And I know that their intentions are in the right place is when I'll usually reach out to them and honestly, it's so crazy how energy works, but I end up not even having to do that. They'll reach out to me somehow. <laughs> They'll be I like, yeah, I found you on, on the Explorer page. Um, this has happened to me literally so much in the last two months because I've had the time to really cultivate my own energy and my own magnetic field that whenever I literally open up my Instagram or TikTok whoever I was planning to reach out to reaches out to me. And that's how I know I'm in alignment. Because if I reach out to somebody and they don't, you know, open it or they say no, I know that's not meant for me because we weren't meant to work with each other. So it's really keeping your ego in check, your intentions in check, and your energy in check. Because yeah, I definitely, when I didn't have that in check, all of those things, when I was in the travel space, I definitely met those evil influencers, as you said, yeah. and, but the truth always comes out. The masks always come out and it will be revealed to you in time. So I think that even if you might not have that sense of your own energy or your own ego, like they will show their true colors eventually. <laughs> Well, actually, like when those things happen, see them as a sign from the universe that they were eclipsed out of your life for a reason. Like they weren't serving your highest purpose. So whenever that happens to me, which had happened to me a lot last fall, actually, you know, people would show their true colors or they, you know, betray me or talk shit about me. And I almost thank the universe because I'm like, thank you so much for showing that to me and for making them leave my life, because obviously they weren't serving my higher purpose.
1: 100 percent. I think that that is it in a nutshell. And so what do you say to people who feel guilty that they're happy that this pandemic has allowed them to slow down and question their path?
0: I was listening to the astrologer's podcast and she said that we're all in the same storm, but we're in different boats. And I just love that analogy because this virus was, it's not about the virus, actually. It was the catalyst, the fire, the spark that lit everything up to show us the holes in, in ourselves and also the collective. So however you respond to that, is literally we're all in different boats. So for some people, it's been very calm because it's allowed them to stay at home. For me, especially not have FOMO, almost like forced Vipassana retreat, right? Like be calm and do the work and move at a slower pace. But for other people, it's been their literal like falling of, I don't know what you would call it, of their lives, like literal chaos, and every experience everyone has is equally valid and equally okay. I don't think judging is a good thing to do right now because it could literally be you one day mm-hmm. and then another pandemic, it might not be. So it's yeah. really hard to do to not judge yourself and others, but, but literally like we're all in the same storm, just different boats.
1: I also heard that quote and I love it so, so, so much. I think it it just it summarizes the whole situation. And what are your tips for people who are maybe finally realizing that they're unhappy with their current path and want to explore another path?
0: All these planets are going in retrograde and these energetic shifts is forcing you to go inward and revisit, redesign. It's like going back in time in your life to see what did I really love? What lit me up? What did I really want to do that maybe I like suppressed? And what has not been working in my life? What relationships are not supporting me? What do I actually need from my relationships? And really do that work, like journal, meditate, create art from your soul space. And I would say that is where you should begin is really really just like reflecting on everything, on your whole life. And this is the perfect time to do it because you're forced to be in this retreat. And then I would think about, okay, like what action steps can I take within these confines of where I am? Can I learn a new skill? Can I, and there's so many resources online. It's like magical, right? There's infinite possibilities that you can, that are online at your disposal. And most, most companies are offering them for free.
1: To the relationships that are being tested right now with couples or families stuck in studio or small New York City apartments, do you have any other tips on finding love and joy in a small apartment space?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. So, Venus is going retrograde tomorrow, and Venus is the planet of love and relationships and how you relate to others. And it's going retrograde, which means like, you're going to have to reflect on all the relationships in your life. And that doesn't just mean romantic. It means like your friendships, your your family relationships. And so again, I would say in this time, what do you really need out of yourself first? Obviously, everything starts with you, yourself. And then like looking at all the people in your life and saying, are they supporting me? Are they... And support doesn't just mean that they agree with everything you're saying, but are they... Are they challenging you to help you grow grow more? So I'm not personally seeking out romantic relationships right now because I feel like I need yeah. to work on my own relationship shadows at the moment. But I would say with every relationship, it always begins with within. And you really have to heal those wounds because if you don't, then the same person will show up into your life until you heal that wound. And I don't know if anybody else can relate to this, but I realized I had to do that work when I literally kept dating the same person. So how do you
1: think New York and New Yorkers will change after all of this?
0: Well, my hope is that New Yorkers don't go back into the default mode of hustling and they really take moments of pause. And and a lot of my friends that live in the city actually, which is crazy, but they've actually expressed that they want to move out of the city. Because what I Mm -hmm. see happening is people with the economic crisis, and their companies not supporting them, and the government not supporting them, and, you know, not blaming, but just stating the facts that they can no longer afford to live in the city. And so a lot of my friends are moving back home to where they're from, or actually craving being closer to nature. So A lot of them have reached out to me asking, like, where did you grow up and where did you live or where are you living? Because I want to move out of the city. And I think a lot of New Yorkers are kind of questioning, like, why am I living here? Why am I living so quickly? And I really hope that more New Yorkers take that time of pause. And to chill a little 100%. bit, hundred
1: percent. Yes, no, we are we're so bad at it, myself included. I'm such a go 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 person that mm-hmm. I also it, it's a really difficult time for me to really relax and stop mm-hmm. and 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 think. But I'm I'm really grateful for this time to that I'm I, I'm lucky to have a, a place where I feel safe and good here in New York, and I, I feel like I can take this time to like look inward and figure out you know what are my next steps. So Yeah.
0: Oh my goodness. So do you think New York will be your forever home? Wow, that is the question that I've been asking myself during this entire time. I was and actually the entire uh year I've been really asking myself if I could live anywhere in this world, where would I live? And yeah. my heart is definitely in New York, maybe not New York City, but um somewhere in the Hudson Valley is where I grew up. So for now I think so, but who knows? Like I really, I'm just taking it day by day, but I mean, it will always be my home. I feel.
1: I agree. And so where can we connect with you?
0: Yeah. So I love Instagram at Kumi dreams. My website is kumidreams.com. And like you mentioned, I have a spiritual community platform called awaken in a and that's awaken in a line dot life and then at awaken and a on instagram and i am on the tiktoks <laughs> at laura <K>. Chung, <laughs> which i'm <pretty laughs> about. i don't know how you feel about it but it's given me this like creative juice that i haven't been ha- haven't felt on instagram since well in I, a really long yeah. time
1: when I first got on it, I was like, I love it. This is what Instagram used to be. Yes. Just the fun, unfiltered. Yeah. It just, you could yeah. be embarrassed and be okay with yeah. it. You could dance and just do whatever the heck you want. So I do oh my- love it. I love it. Yes.
0: Clearly, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I thank you so much. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes oh my gosh thank you so much for being on the podcast
0: <laughs> oh my god thank you so much this was such a fun conversation with the fellow New Yorker and I so cherish you and what you're doing and I'm so glad we connected last what was it winter thank yes So much. oh I'm so glad
1: too it was such a wonderful long chat to connect and I'm so glad that the, you know the world put us back in the same room yes
0: thank you so much yeah
1: thank you Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe, rate and review this podcast. For more NYC resources like ebooks and videos, visit nyclocalguides.com. Stand clear of the closing
0: doors, please.